Welcome to Talking Thomas with Orion and Tony. I am Orion. I'm Tony. And this is the podcast for everything Thomas related. Uh, Thomas Merchandise, the Thomas and Friends TV series, Shining Time Station, and everything in between. Uh, This is our second episode here, so we're just going to dive right in. Uh, We're going to do three different commentaries on three different uh, episodes of the first season of Thomas and Friends. Right. And uh, we did the first two in the first episode, so uh, we begin with the episode, uh, The Sad Story of Henry, or as we say in the U.S., Come Out Henry. And so get whatever device that you are using to watch loaded up, and we begin Press Play Now. I believe this is the first time they've shown rain in an episode. Yeah, absolutely. The first episode to not have sunny skies. <laughs> yeah. And and we also, even though we saw him in in Edward Helps Out, we get formerly, formally introduced to Henry. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is a, an adaptation of a, of a classic railway series story. And I think that this story, even, even for people who uh, weren't completely familiar with the railway series or weren't familiar with Thomas um, just from what I've gathered this is a story that many children growing up um, in Britain knew even if they weren't terribly familiar with uh, with the series as a whole there was from my understanding some sort of I don't know if it was jantinary or what it was but there was some sort of recording outside of the standard Johnny Morris railway series audio recordings. There was a different recording that was used on radio of this story. And I forget who narrated it. Uh, I believe uh, John Gilgood did a a narration of it at some point. I I do believe it was, it was quite a bit later in his career, but uh, right. But this is something I really like about this episode is is the central location. All of it happens just at this one tunnel, basically, um, you know, apart from the few early shots. Right. But all of it just happens right here. And a nice bit of comedy, too. I mean, there's there's some lighthearted cheekiness in Thomas gets tricked with Thomas being, you know, being cheeky to Gordon. But uh, but this one has some nice uh, little comedy with Sir Topham Hat or uh, the, the Fat Controller. Uh, stating that he his doctors forbidden him to push and pull right who who we have just been introduced to this lovely gentleman in a top hat and suit so yes uh i i do like the comedy as well it even when i was a kid i got a kick out of that uh, because you know it's clear that whether his doctor has actually uh forbidden him to do that or not is irrelevant because he just wouldn't because he's the at this point, director of the railway, later controller. So, mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh... And I like Ringo's narration of it as well, because Ringo Starr, even though George Carlin would later re-narrate the first two series, I do like Ringo Starr's narration of series one. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um... And we have Thomas. Well, it is his show, of course, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Uh, Thomas replaces just a random engine. In the original book, it was an engine that looks incredibly similar to James, but is supposedly not James because James hadn't appeared by that point. 
It's just a random engine. And this has always been one of my favorite sequences here. Again, a great, uh, a, a little use of a stop motion animation, like we discussed in the previous episode in, in Thomas gets tricked. Um, but this one, of course, building the wall. Um, and I, uh, growing up, I did have the the Henry's Tunnel Wooden Railway playset. Uh, the tunnel doesn't really look anything like this, but you did have a. It did come with a little brick that you could put in, and uh, right, it was a, it was a fun little fun little set. And, and I love the ditty that they play as they're building the wall as well. That's one of the few times that we ever hear that. Oh, definitely. I, I think it's uh, most likely the only time. I believe so um, that that we that we do hear that. But uh... I, I also had that playset. As well, and that was that was a fun play set. So, it's amazing how much soot there would be, in, and and I suppose if you think about it, there would be quite a bit of soot in a tunnel because it's a railway tunnel. There's trains going through by at all at all hours, and so there would be quite a bit of soot. But just in the, I I, I think we're meant to assume that it's been a few hours, or by this point days, I guess that Henry has been in the tunnel. It's amazing how dirty he is already. Definitely, and uh, it's always made me wonder just how long he was actually in that tunnel um, right. before they before they let him out, because um, it's never really stated how long it's been. Right. Um, you know, it, has it been a week? Has it been months? I mean, I think in the railway series, it's implied that it's been a long time. It is, but, uh, but uh, in the TV series, they don't necessarily imply any length of time so right so something i'd noticed about the tv series or at least the u.s version of the railways uh, of the tv series rather is that in the first season at least uh several of the endings of episodes the wording is changed whereas in the uk version uh the narrator says but i think he deserved his punishment Whereas in the U.S. one, the narrator asks the audience how long they think Henry will have to stay in the tunnel for. Right. So I just found that interesting. Yeah, a little bit of a change that they made for, um, you know, for for U.S. consumption. And then, of course, in the context of Shining Time Station, too. So that's true, because, again, we, we 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 watched these as episodes of Thomas bearing in mind that for the U.S. audience, they would have first seen this on Shining Time Station. And then I think around the time that the first season was wrapping up, then they were finally put on uh, VHS as compilations of seven or eight episodes each. Yes, I believe that Thomas Gets Tricked, which was the first U.S. video release, I believe that was in 1990. So right. um, so a year after the first season of, of Shining Time Station had aired, but um, but I, I had that I had that VHS growing up. So oh, um, but here. that was you know one of the first first ones. And we'll do a discussion um, about the video releases of of the uh, the classic series in the future as well. Of course. And that was uh, come out, Henry. A good episode. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't not necessarily a great episode. Um, in terms of the the overall series, but I, I do think it's a it's a good episode. Um, and uh, the following episode, Henry to the Rescue, or Edward Gordon and Henry, as it's originally called in in the UK or in, in the Railway series, I'm not. I, I would say is is not one of my favorite episodes of, of the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, there are nice little moments in it, but it 
always just uh it's always fallen flat for me i can't really explain why but uh but we'll 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 dive right into it we will uh so get that loaded up on your video device and press play now and henry to the rescue or it's not henry to the rescue yeah henry to the rescue uh also known as Edward Gordon and Henry in the UK, is with Come Out Henry. Of course, it makes up the third and fourth episodes of the series as a whole, but it's also the first multi-part story. Uh, the Railway series, the books were, were very good about having a story flow throughout the books right from the very beginning. And so it is because of course this is adapting the early railway series it is nice that the third and fourth episodes are the third and fourth chapters if you will in the books definitely definitely um um and i know that we've passed the opening shot already but uh, while i said that i i'm not the biggest fan of this episode i do still uh enjoyed that first opening shot i I quite like it with the the angle on the signal box yes is not an angle that we saw very often in the napford station yard so it was was nice to see that one right i I think part of my issue with this episode too is that the way that it's shot here at the tunnel a lot of the shots are uh, i believe um at possibly too high of an angle Right. Um, some some of them are very are very low, like this one here, where a lot of the ones where Gordon is later sitting on the siding, they're they're from a lower angle. But some of the side shots um, and some of the shots around the tunnel are taken from too high an angle, in, and it just looks a bit goofy with the models. Uh, you can you can really see that they're models in, right. in some of these shots, um, which which they they got a lot better at um, figuring out a way to photograph them in later episodes and i do believe in the one interview um i i believe it was with uh was with robert gall galliers uh was referring to the fact that in the the unaired pilot down the mine that one of the decisions that they made after that was uh, you know of course the lighting was they said was a bit flat and then also the camera angles were too high uh, right. so they decided to take them down and you could see that in a lot of the uh the photographs the production photographs that were used in various promotional materials uh, and things like that um, that we've seen over the years those are taken often from a very high angle and and they they just look a a bit odd right i i do find that at least the first four episodes and possibly we'll find as we go through this series because we are doing the series in order i do find that at least the first four episodes have a bit of early installment weirdness, if you will, what with, uh, as we talked about in our first podcast about uh, Edward having James's face, and then, you know, just the varying angles that we, we don't really get outside of the first couple of episodes. True. Um, now, it is interesting because, of course, um, you know, every shot was, every shot needed on one set was shot at the same time. Right. But specifically, like this shot here, um, the, for those who were watching of, of Henry backing up onto the train, uh, that's just kind of an odd, an odd angle that they, that they wouldn't have used in, in later series for sure. Um, right. But, uh, but it is interesting that there are, some quirks of these early episodes related to the way that it was shot um, uh, and various goofs and things like that. When 
they were all shot on the same, all the shots needed for each episode were shot on the same set at the same time. So, um, it, you know, it's not as if they were kind of learning as they were going along with each episode, but I guess they, they were learning as they went along with each shot. So, mm-hmm. And as we've just seen, the Fat Controller has, for the first and certainly not last time, lost his hat to an animal. Absolutely. He has a habit of doing that. Um, and I really like Henry's theme. I think Henry's theme is one of the... I, I love a, most, if not all, of Mike O'Donnell and Julian Campbell's music, but Henry's theme in specific is one of my favorites. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I will say that I like the lighting at the end of this uh, this scene here. Um, right. It's a bit it's it's a bit less flat than some of the other bright lighting of series one. It's a bit uh, more reminiscent of, of series two. Yeah, and that's the shed with uh, Henry backing it, the scene with Henry backing into the shed. Yeah, absolutely. Just it has a kind of a golden, you know, uh, early evening. Uh, shot to it not not quite the sunset of thomas gets tricked right at the end the ending shot of that but uh, more of a kind of a golden sun look to it late afternoon oh definitely it's a it's a beautifully shot so all right well um and that is henry to the rescue yep absolutely and again a a fair a fair title difference um, between you know, between the UK and the US, a, a nice uh, a title that certainly suggests more action right. than actually probably occurs in the episode, but <laughs> a bit misleading. Well, you know. All right. Uh, so uh, in our first podcast, we only did uh, two episodes, but that's because we wanted to take some extra time to introduce things uh from here on out for the most part i believe we're going to be doing th- when we do thomas commentaries we're going to be doing three episodes per podcast yeah, that is that is correct that's a that's the plan for now yes so uh this next episode is a big day for thomas and uh get your video devices warmed up and here we go press play now. Alright. Another nice establishing shot of uh, Knapford. Definitely. And this this you know these next few episodes really uh really provide a nice uh, you know a nice introduction to to the Thomas character um and watch him grow from uh, from cheeky little station pilot who wants to see the world to eventually, of course, uh, getting his branch line at the end of uh, Thomas Saves the Day. Mm-hmm. And a uh, lovely night shot here of Thomas in the shed with Henry. And this is the first time that Henry's, um, quote unquote, health problems are brought up. Right, right. And, and, and they, would, they would come back many, many times throughout the rest of the series. And even after he was supposedly cured by his uh, special coal and his journey to Peru, um, he was still having issues as shown in, uh, you know, various uh, other later episodes in later series and also in Thomas and the Magic Railroad. He's, he's quite stuffed up. That's true. Yes. Um now this episode, a bid day for Thomas in the UK was called Thomas's Train, and it's another case I think of trying to put more action into an episode than it 
probably has. Although this episode, compared to the first four, does have quite a bit of action. Definitely, yeah. It, it, it's and part of it too is uh, is you know the Reverend W. Audrey coming into his own a little bit as a writer. You know, as the, as this is the second book, I think it's definitely one of his strongest books in terms of storytelling, in terms of the ideas that he had for stories. It really just follows Thomas, you know, from, uh, from start to finish as a, as a station pilot uh, to getting his, his branch line. So, right. um, but uh, I was, I was like that coupling shot with the, the shot like from, I don't know if it's supposed to be like from behind the cab or where it's supposed to be from, but the shot of both Thomas's coupling and the coach's coupling. I like that. Definitely. Yeah, they did. They did quite a few of those in the series. Um, you know, uh, either they're moving into buffers or, um, you know, or coupling onto trains, but, uh, but they, they did quite a few of those. And I believe that that was achieved with a large scale, a large scale or uh, Thomas and a, you know, large scale right. model. Um, and this is an, an again a nice way to showcase the the Sodor countryside and uh, a lot more of these hillside run by scenes that we had in uh, in series one. There were just it was just full of those. It, I would it, probably hard to find an episode that didn't have at least one of those. Right. It is uh, interesting fact that I learned about the human figurines is that. In the first series, they were made of lead. Right, and then they switched to resin in the later. Yes, after late, series, series, starting yeah. in series two, I believe. Yeah, and of course, faces like this, Thomas's surprise face, have have uh, have definitely kept the show alive, the classic series alive in the age of memes. Um, many memes have been made from various uh, Thomas faces uh, yes. on all characters so um, it's uh, the uh, <laughs> unexpected unexpected uh legacy of the show oh yes uh the 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 shot face or as the the meme is called the o face uh but the shot face has definitely uh, gone down in history as one of the more uh, memeable uh, faces oh definitely um there's another one of those great close up shots oh yes and i think one of the things that's nice about the series is that the faces are very static. And so it can help children learn about emotions because the faces, at least in the classic series, don't change that frequently. And when they do, it's a very noticeable change. Well, and of course, you know, I, I'm not necessarily that they were thinking about, about this at the time, but it certainly helped to expand the show internationally. Um, because right. they were able to dub any language on, and there's no, you know, it, it, there's, uh, you know, no mismatch of, of vocals and mouth movements because there aren't any mouth movements. Right. So it really helped, I think, the show to explode in Japan and, and places like that. And even in the U.S., I mean, the, the George Carlin was able to just re redub right over uh, Ringo's original narrations. Um, right. Now, of course, Ringo did his own narrations for for some of the series one and two episodes. I think there were a few that he didn't end up doing, but but he he certainly yeah. redid a lot of his for Shining for the first season of Shining Time Station. There, there's one specifically, depending on 
which version of when we get to it tis a gift from shining the time station because there are actually two versions of that episode depending on which version we watch or doing a commentary on we'll see one of those right so uh that that's that where they use ringo's narration but it's the uk narration rather than the u.s narration Hmm. just what they had lying around i guess exactly exactly so, but the to- and, big day for Thomas yes. is a is a good episode. Um, yes, know, it is. And, uh, again, it's a nice way to dive back into the Thomas, to the Thomas centric stories. Um, right. And uh, they they certainly had good material to work with for this season. Um, and it's nice that they decided to just, for the most part, go in order of the original mm-hmm. books. Um, oh yes. You know, with a few uh, a few omissions here and there. Um, Henry and the yeah, Elephant as is necessary. a notable one um, from right. uh, Troubles, uh, Troublesome Engines. But, uh, but you know, for the most part, they, they, they stuck to the source material as best as, as, best as they could. Um, and of course, would, would later deviate from it in, in Series 3 onward. But, right. uh, but yeah, this is a, it's, a, it's a good episode. And uh, yep. I think it, you see the show kind of starting to come into its own uh, a little bit with, with more integrated music, uh, more a, a bit more action, more character interaction as we've introduced the other characters so there can be some more back and forth. Um, right. But a lot of that just comes from the original stories too, not necessarily anything that the filmmakers did. Exactly. So that's that. And that is the, uh, that's all three commentaries for this episode. So uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, final thoughts for me at least is that uh well, as I said, we've had the show's first ever two-part episode, which would be a, a recurring theme for at least the first four seasons. After that, they sort of got away from doing multi-part stories for the most part. Uh, but it's, it's a good introduction. And we have now, of our, of our core cast, met four of the, what I call the main seven. And so... Uh, we'll, we'll, we will, of course, meet the other three later on in the series. Absolutely. And uh, I'm de- definitely uh, looking forward to exploring these episodes further. Right. So uh, that's, that's all uh, we've got for this week. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Talking Thomas. Catch us next time.